You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back, family, to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Marcus Benjamin here, chilling with my guy, Frank Tucker, representing the crib, South Florida. We collectively represent CanesCounty.com. Make sure you subscribe this weekend for free until spring. You see the promo code there, Canes24. Offer valid until Monday for you to subscribe to the website. Also, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, live from Canes County. Frank, first, I want to, you know, talk about the running backs coach situation. We'll we'll go into some Battle Miami stuff as well as a loaded visitor list in South Florida uh, to Miami uh, this weekend. But, uh, but yeah, man, let's talk about this running back situation because Tim Harris Jr. has left the program to become the offensive coordinator at UCF. Of course, he came from UCF originally to become the running backs coach at Miami, stayed for a year, and now he is now out. So we have a vacancy at that spot. Happy for him because, obviously, you know, you go from running backs coach to – offensive coordinator, uh, but now Miami has to search for a replacement. When you look at who's out there, who do you think is the best guy for the job? I think that there's definitely a bunch of options. If you look just local guys with recruiting ties to the area of South Florida, Dayton Broward, you talk Chris Perkins, uh, who's at FAU. Uh, you talk Telly Lockett, who, who's, I believe, at Marshall right now. Those two guys that have, have coached at the, in the Power Five ranks, they have really good experience. They're extremely respected in this community. Um, and then, you know, there was a name that came up on social media that was intriguing to me, and that was Ryan Williams, who's at Georgia right now. Uh, he, he's he's coached multiple positions on the offense at Georgia, from quarterback to wide receiver. We know that that running back position is more of a recruiting position in my in my eyes than it is a guy who is an integral part of calling plays and actually developing a position. Obviously you want to develop your guys at every single spot, but I think that that running back spot, you know, if you have an idea of what's going on on offense, you have an idea of how to coach running backs and and guys can grow into that position because we've seen guys that are traditional running back coaches, coach tight ends and guys that can coach wide receivers. I mean, look at, Tim Harris right now, he's coaching wide receivers on top of being the offensive coordinator at UCF. So on the offensive side of the ball, if you have an understanding of what's going on, you can coach anywhere on the offense. I think Ryan Williams would do an excellent job. He's a rising star in the coaching ranks. He's a young guy around 30 years old, uh, national championship experience. He's been with Kirby Smart for a number of years now. He knows what it takes to help get over uh, that hump, uh, you know, to national championship uh, type dreams. Uh, I, I think that he would be an elite addition. Another guy with local ties, former American Heritage and Miramar quarterback. Um, to me, those would be the three spots, uh, the three guys I'd be looking at. Obviously, Miami has a bankroll uh, at their disposal, <laughs> right? It, like if you wanted to go after like a, a, like a Carlos uh, Lockett, who's uh, at Oregon, or, uh, you know, maybe sniff around Kevin Smith once again, even though that didn't work out the first time around. We saw him return to Ole Miss, right? So 
it wouldn't be outside their own possibility to see something like that happen, as crazy as it would sound. But I, I think that one of those three options would be safe. I think that they would be cheaper options. And I think that they would be okay coming in as uh, potentially on even a one- to two-year deal and, and proving themselves as a quality yeah. member of this coaching staff. You know, the first name that came out that came to my mind when I thought about this job was Damian Jones, man. Why not Damian Jones, the head coach of Chaminade, take this job? You know he wants to coach on the college level. He's a proven winner, and he continued that pipeline from, from Chaminade to Miami. I, I think he'd be a great, great fit. He's a great guy. I mean, uh, he's a straight shooter. I, I think, you know, he's he sent, you know, players uh, to uh, Miami throughout his, his, his tenure. Uh, from to Corey Couch, who's now going on to the NFL. And I, I think that just would be an interesting fit. It'd be a splash type of hire, especially for those down here in South Florida. So that's kind of the first name that kind of came came to my mind when I thought about the running backs uh, job. Another one is Markel Blackwell. I mean, this guy is a was under Shannon Dawson at Houston, Texas A&M. And then now he's at South Carolina. And like you said, Miami does have that big bankroll. Uh, if they could, you know, make this guy an offer that, you know, he can't refuse, then I think he would be a really good, good fit as well. Uh, considering his ties with Shannon Dawson, I believe they were co-offensive coordinators uh, at, at Houston. So, um, you know, he did just, you know, uh, go over to South Carolina from Texas A&M with the fallout there. But, hey, and so did Lance Guidry, right? I mean, Lance Guidry, you know, took a job at Tulane, and then, boom, he, he's down here at Miami. So not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, another another name that kind of came up for me is Cadillac Williams, man. Cadillac Williams, um, I think he chose to resign from Auburn. He stayed with his staff. Uh, last year, and he could be looking for a fresh start. I, I think most people kind of remember how great he was as a running back. And like you said, to your point, it's more of a recruiting uh, type of uh, job. And I think Cadillac Williams would definitely resonate uh, with kids just with his experience on the college game and also in the NFL, play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think that those were like kind of the three names for me that um, I think Miami should look into. Um, but we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see how it all turns out as far as that running backs position goes. Um, any thoughts on, on those those guys or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously Damian Jones would be a, a really solid addition, former running back. Uh, he, you know, he's had a, a wealth of talent at the position, both at Hollandale and at Shamanah Madonna, Coach Zach Moss, uh, Coach Davion Gowes, Pat Franklin, right. now Arwin Jackson, who's developing into a Power Five prospect. Uh, right. Obviously, you know another name to you know to think about is uh, you know the American Heritage head coach, uh, you know Mike over there. He's you know yeah. he he he's definitely a name to to think about. Um, another name to to kind of put out there, I think would be I think it'd be a lateral move for him. It would be tough unless they gave him the co-OC title, would be Jawan Sider. He's always a hot name that comes up when the OC position comes around um, as he's trying to elevate up into the college game. He is, uh, you know, a Pol not a Pol County, uh, a Palm Beach County 
uh, native from that Belglade area, from what I Pahokee, I think he played at as a quarterback. Um, but he, he's been at Florida, been at Penn State, has coached a number of elite backs. Uh, I, I think that he's a guy that if Mario wanted to pull the big bag out, right, and wanted to grab a splash at the running back position with the potential co-OC title, maybe like a run game coordinator title, you could bring a Jawan Sider in. So that yeah. would be something interesting to see. Um, but I, I don't think it happens. Um, but it, it just wouldn't be shocking to me just because of the South Florida ties. His, and, and then, listen, James Franklin is is kind of on the hot seat. They, they've struggled against top five teams, which Penn State is trying to get over that hump to compete with the Ohio States and the Michigans of the world. I think he's 1-11 against top five teams in his coaching career. Not – not exactly the standard of what Penn State is looking for, um, but I, I think that is something that's intriguing to me just because of the situation at Penn State right now, his ties to the area, and Miami's wealth. <laughs> that's that that that's been you know that's been flowing through the program since Mario Cristobal has been hired. Absolutely, and well documented as well. So. We'll see how it all turns out, but uh, this weekend, huge weekend for Miami when it comes to recruiting. So many top-tier players will be visiting Coral Gables this weekend because of Battle Miami, one of the biggest seven-on-seven tournaments in the country um, is, is going on this weekend. So it's a, it's a golden opportunity for Miami to get kids on campus and really kind of show them around, establish some relationships, especially the, the the kids that are from out of town. You saw the list. You you put together, the, uh, you know, the list on canescounty.com. Make sure you check that out. Of course, you have to be a subscriber to, to check that out. Which one of these out-of-town kids, and it, and, it, and it could be just, you know, in-state, just out of town, are really kind of the must- impress uh guys you know you got to impress these guys during this weekend which guys are these for you yeah so i i have an in-state out-of-town guy that i i love uh you know getting on campus and i think that there's going to have to be a progression there if miami's going to want to stay in the game um in-state wise it's vernell brown uh you know from orlando yeah. jones he he's he's right at the top of that as being option number one at that wide receiver position. He's not a massive player, around 5'10", 5'11", 170, 175 pounds, but it's an explosive talent. He, yeah. he, he is just an elite slot-type slot receiver. You know, Miami does want to get a little bit longer at that slot spot, and if he's, a really, if he's truly around that 5'11", to 6'-foot range, he fits the mold of what Miami is looking for, right? Like a Nicar-type player, and that's what he is, extremely productive, that uh, was dominant this season as a true breakout player. We saw him in the summer at the seven-on-sevens on campus, dominated there. Uh, he, dominated. He's wowed the staff, wowed the staff. And I think he's been, you know, he's become a, a must-get for this staff in 2025. The sure. other guy that I like that's an out-of-state option is Zayden Walker, the number two linebacker in the country. This is option number one at the linebacker position outside of Elijah Melendez for the staff. And I, and I listen. I think that, you know, despite the fact that Miami added a wealth of talent, you know, two cycles ago at the linebacker position, some of those guys haven't worked out in regard to where, where they were ranked as high school prospects, right? We haven't seen yeah. the transition onto the field as, as quickly as we'd like 
you know, with, with some of those guys. Um, and I think that, you know, sometimes there's misses, right? You took a lot of guys in one cycle. Derek Nicholson came on late in that, you know, after I believe that they signed an early signing day. So for me, I think that maybe some of those guys don't exactly fit what he was essentially looking for. And Zayden Walker does. Elijah Melendez and Zayden Walker are two solid sized, you know, elite athletes, physical players, aggressive, uh, you know, they, they're firecrackers. At, at the point of contact, they're blasting through you. You don't see guys getting slung down by either of these players. They're going backwards. And Zayden Walker is probably the best linebacker in the country, in my opinion. And I think that he's option number one on the board for this staff. It's going to be a huge, huge visit. Obviously, he's a Georgia native, so you're going to see teams like Georgia, Alabama, even though there's no Nick Saban, still be on there. You know, every top team in the country is going to be after Zayden Walker. And if Miami wants to still have skin in this game, they're going to have to make a strong impression here. And I think that Coach Derek Nicholson is going to be spending a lot of time this weekend with him to make sure he knows he's a priority for the staff going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree about Zayden Walker. I mean, he's definitely he definitely looks the part and he'd be another valued linebacker. Uh, to this class to pair with Elijah Melendez. Miami's still looking at other linebackers as well when it comes to T.J. Alford as well as uh, Montrez Walker um, as well. Um, it looks like Miami's going to haul in another solid linebacker class like they did two cycles ago. For me, the, the outside of South Florida guys, I think that are must-gets, um, T.J. Pickett, man. Yeah, I think you got you to gotta get him – in uh i think with the connection with booker pickett now who seems like probably was underrated uh from what we've seen in the all-star games and looks like he's going to be a contributor like a reuben bain did last year so i think he is a high high priority uh especially at that safety position i think he's more of a free safety rangy uh type of safety that I don't I don't necessarily see on, on, on the squad as far as like young talent is concerned. Uh, I, I think he would would fill in a need for sure and just kind of establish that position for the future. Another kid I like is Zaire Addison, man, uh, the offensive lineman out of Sumner. Uh, I think he's a guy that Miami should solidify. I think Miami didn't put you know, all their chips in the offensive line last cycle, uh, only bringing in a few guys. And I think this is a cycle where they kind of ramp it up a little bit more. And I think he should uh, be a guy that Miami puts a high, high uh, priority to. So I like what I see from him on tape. And I think he should be a high priority for uh, the Canes this weekend. And but, you know, y y y we have obviously these out of town guys, but local guys, man, of course, you know, probably nobody besides maybe Larry Bluestein knows more about local talented more than you, Frank. Of the local guys, who's a must get for Miami that that's visiting this weekend? Yeah, there's two. I think that they're kind of one and the same for me. And, and it's once again at that wide receiver position. I think it's Nashawn Montgomery and I think it's Cortez Mills. Uh, you know, they, they both play for the same seven on seven team. Uh, they, you know, they're both high priority players around six foot two, really good length, can run the tree. Um, they're elite outside talents. And that's where Miami needs to get better at because 
you're going to lose Jacoby George after this year, right? We don't know what Isaiah Horton is just yet. Yes, you got Chance Robinson. I think that JoJo Trader is going to be a guy that moves around from the slot to the outside, especially as Miami transitions more and more into that air raid attack. Um, that is truly under uh, Shannon Dawson probably next year, in my opinion. I think that you need to start adding more and more outside talent, especially smooth outside talent with jump ball ability that both of these guys bring to the table. If you go watch Nashawn Montgomery last year, the first thing that pops off was the one-handed Odell Beckham type catch that he makes early on in the year against Monsignor Pace. And then Cortez Mills, every time you turn around, he's making a highlight real grab over two defenders, sometimes three. Uh, they are the jump ball type players that Miami's going to need in this offense moving forward. Um, and, and I think that those are two priority gigs. I, you know, at the running back position, they already have a lot of talent there. I think that you got your guy, Luke Nickel. I know that they're still kind of dabbling at that spot. You've brought in double-digit offensive linemen in the last two classes. I think that they're going to ramp it up, like you said, in regards to targeting elite, elite talent at the position. Um, defensive line-wise, you saw what they did in this, in this past cycle, right? Like inside talent outside talent at the defensive line spot they it was elite across the board linebacker wise you know i mentioned zayden walker i think that he's a priority plus you have elijah melendez you did speak about dj pickett i think cj ewald is another guy that you can kind of loop into as a must get local prospect um, but i think that's going to be a longer game yes. just because of his recent decommitment for michigan i don't think he's jumping into a in anybody's class anytime soon but i think that nation montgomery and cortez mills are guys that probably make a decision before for the summer and, and right now it, it is high priority to make sure that you let these guys know that they are muskets and I, I think that you know teams like Clemson you know right Nebraska with Cortez Mills connection with his former head coach that is now on staff there right like Florida State is pushing hard for both guys right now you're starting to see Florida dabble back you know double back and, and get into South Florida after you know, Andy Jean was a guy that they sold from Miami two classes ago. I think that you have to get these guys in the boat sooner than later. Because if you can grab a trio that looks like a Wade and Charles, a Nashawn Montgomery, and a Cortez Mills, you look really good at that wide receiver's position going forward. Because that means in the last two classes, you were able to grab Nykar, Chance Robinson, Josiah Trader, Nashawn Montgomery, Wade and Charles, and Cortez Mills. Not even talking about Robbie Washington and Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph, who you grabbed the class before. That makes it so that the wide receiver's position is once again extremely talented at the University of Miami. And it means that you're grabbing the top guys in the area. Uh, we, we've wrote countless articles on this website about how Miami has failed to grab the number one receiver in the area it feels like like a millennia, right? Like Jeremiah Smith, you were this close, right? You were this close. I would yeah. probably argue that those are the top two guys locally at the wide receiver's position, Nashawn Montgomery and Cortez Mills. You can interchange the two. I think Kobe Howard's another guy that you can kind of put in that conversation. Maybe Josh yeah. Moore. But I would probably say, like, consensusly, everybody's saying Cortez Mills and Nashawn Montgomery and I think that they're must-gets because you have to start turning the tide of grabbing the best guy at that position. They've done it at almost every other spot except for quarterback. It's time to turn the page at the wide receiver position going forward. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I think this 2025 wide receiver class from South Florida in particular is you could compare it with any area in the nation, especially with the players that you named with Nation Montgomery, Wade and Charles who's already committed to the class, Cortez Mills, and um forget who, who the other player uh was, but but um but yeah, like I, I think Miami has to get those players. Uh, or, or or at least get three three of those guys, man, because it, it's 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 not as clear cut who the number one guy is. I think for the past two years, it's very clear cut that Jeremiah Smith was number one, and for the year before that, uh, it was very clear that Brandon Ennis was the was the number one guy. This time around, I think you you know you have an argument of who is really the number one wide receiver. Uh, you know, when we see them perform tomorrow at Battle Miami, we'll, we'll really kind of maybe have a better understanding of who really the top wide receiver guys are. And I, I think they they definitely need to get at least three of those guys. I already got one in the fold in Charles, but if they can get a Montgomery or a Mills or, or even a Josh Moore, that would be outstanding just – for recruiting for that 2025 class and just recruiting locally. Some guys that I, I just think that are must-gets, man, when, when I look at the list that's are, are visiting this this weekend, Ezekiel Marcelin, man, I, I, I don't think that Miami can ill afford to let him slip through the cracks here because, you know, yeah, they're looking at guys like, you know, linebackers that we talked about, but got to keep that Miami Central pipeline going. Him and Randy Arterica, I think those guys are are absolute must gets uh, for Miami. Um, T.J. Alford, we all also talked about as well. Um, Kobe Howard was the other guy uh, that you mentioned that that uh, I wanted to you know reiterate that that guy is high priority as well. Uh, Kamari Williams as well is, is is a player that I think Miami should also consider just in case you know they don't get some of these other guys that are higher on the board and the two running backs from, from American heritage. I, I think, I think you got to get one, man. You, you got to either get uh, DeAndre Desenor or uh, Byron Lewis. I think one of those two guys, I think you have to add uh, to the class. I think you have to continue that pipeline from American heritage, especially with the production that Mark Fletcher has done in year one. I think that resonates with those two guys. They know that they can contribute right away. And I think they see the production, uh, you know, by Fletcher and they can replicate that once they get to the U. So I think those, those guys are definitely priorities. Other guys, I, I think they need to also have on the radar locally, Amari Wallace, Ben Hanks, um, Sekou Smith. Uh, of course, they're on the deep to back ends, uh, but I think those guys, they have to kind of make sure they keep strong relationships with those guys because I think all, all, all three of those guys, I think, are in for huge senior seasons. So, I mean, we, we talked about, you know, basically local guys, out-of-town guys, and you know, after a big weekend like this, you kind of assume somebody's going to commit, right? I 
feel, you know, you kind of feel it like somebody's going to commit. Somebody's going to be blown away by this visit uh, this weekend and they are going to commit either Sunday or Monday or sometime during the week. You feel like that's going to happen. Right, Frank? I don't know. I, I feel like every year we do this to ourselves, right? Coming out of that, <laughs> coming out of that junior day weekend, it's like, oh, we need this many, you know, kids to, to pledge after the weekend. You have to make a strong impression. I don't – I'm not a big fan of coming out of a weekend with the commit because I don't think that it's genuine. You were just the, you were just the last guy in the, the hottest girl at the bar's ear, right? You're not the next guy, right? So th- there's going to be that opportunity to kind of sway a kid. I want to come out of this weekend being – a, like in double digit kids top three that's really what it, it, it is going to be the most important thing for me solidifying things with kids like alvin henderson because you don't really know what that situation is yeah. because the big influence was kevin riley was committed right and i still think that you know miami's still in the cards but now you've had a, a running back coach change right now you lost kevin riley in the 2024 class where are things at with an Albert Anderson, right? Where are things at with the Vernell Brown, right? Like, where are things at at the quarterback position in 25 and 26? I want to be in just – I want to be at the top of the game for a lot of the top guys because Miami for a long time would, took guys just to take guys. And I felt like they did that early on in that 2024 class, right? A lot of rumors came out that Miami, you know, they liked some of their evaluations, but – Later in that process, right, when it was Justin Scott's and Zaquan Patterson's and, and, and Josiah Traders, and you were grabbing four- and five-star high-end players. Not everybody in the class was just that. I don't think that Miami wants to take guys just to take guys anymore. And, we, and we've heard, you know, wins, you know, rumors that Miami has turned away commitments over the past few months because they want to take the right guys. I don't necessarily know if all the right guys that they want are going to be guys that are going to be committing anytime soon. They want the elite players in college football. They're trying to be where they're trying to be where Georgia is right now. They're trying to be where Ohio State is right now. They're trying to be where Alabama has been. And to to get to that spot, you have to take the right players. I just want to be gaining momentum with a lot of these guys, especially coming off a season where you finished seven and six and continue pushing towards having another top five class in 2025. I hear you. I hear you 100%. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's always fun to dream and always fun to kind of predict, like, what's going to happen next week. But, you know, if I had to bet money that somebody's going to commit next week, I'd probably bet some money on it. I'd probably bet, bet one unit on on that, you know. And I've, I've been actually been been betting on uh, – on the playoff games this week and I've been feeling good about it, you know, not too, not too big, big, but you know, like I've been hitting on like player props uh, these days. I, I've been kind of staying away from the actual game cause that hasn't been working so well, but player props, those have been doing really well for me. Like my player prop for, for the AFC championship game, Patrick Mahomes over four and a half carries, bro. He's going to carry the ball over four and a half times you know he is going to try to make stuff happen you know that's just just an extra little little nugget for people who watch this podcast but that's the one i'm banking on um so if if i was gonna bet if if you asked me if you put a gun to my head and said frank who do you think commits this after this weekend 
I would say it would be a local guy. I would say it would be like an Ezekiel Marsland. I would say it would be like a Randy Adarika. I would probably say, you know, one of the guys in American Heritage potentially, right? I would probably go that route rather than like a quarterback, right? Uh, rather sure. than one of the receivers. Maybe a Nashawn Mon- Montgomery. We, You know, I heard last year that there was potential that he could commit last football season, right? So he's a guy I'd be watching for. I don't think Cortez Mills is there yet. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if Miami came out of it with an offensive lineman because of what Alex Mirabal and, and, and Chris Paul do. Does a Grant Wise, uh, who, who just announced that he's going to be visiting, want to pledge early on in his process? Those are guys I'd be watching for. I don't think any like the five or high end four star guys that Miami is like. This is a guy we need, like a Zayden Walker or or you know Vernell Brown, who's top two hundred, you know top two fifty right now. Maybe not as high as Anisha Montgomery, but like I don't see those guys locking in. Hus, you know, Hudson Longstreet. Like I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he locks in. Right, like Noah Grubbs. I don't think Noah Grubbs locks in. I think it's probably going to be more one of those local guys that's been on the hook for a long time, and Miami just kind of pushes things over the top. I hear you. Uh, I believe you, too. And we'll see how, how it all shakes out next week. Uh, Battle Miami, though. What do you think flashes, man? Like, you know, every time we, we leave Battle Miami, I, well, every time I leave, I'll speak for myself, I, I leave thinking, like, whoa, this kid is unreal. Like, I think, was it last year? No, the year before was Nico I am Leva. I can't I can't get that guy's name right. <laughs> Nico I, I like, Yeah, that, that kid, I was like, whoa, this kid is the real deal. And he's gonna be the starter for Tennessee um starting next season. Last year, I mean, there was a bunch of kids that I thought was really good. I thought TJ Moore was was really good from last year. Um I thought a lot of the local guys, I thought Zaquan was outstanding uh, last year in, in Battle Miami. Uh, who do you think, like, really flashes uh, during Battle Miami this weekend? I'm obviously biased as a South Florida guy, um, but I, I think there's going to be a guy that continues his momentum from the season into seven on, and he becomes a blue-chip prospect. He's already got the offer train rolling a little bit, and that's Khalil Sterling out of Miami Central. I think that for Raw Miami, he's going to be a guy that just blows up the seven-on-seven season. He's fast. He, The comparison I have for him is a little bit of a shorter version of Antonio Brown. He is electric when the ball's in his hand. He can run the full tree, elite hands. He, he's Antonio he Brown? Into a run. Antonio <laughs> Brown. I, I, listen, Antonio Brown came out of Miami, New Orleans, right? was an electric talent that was super underrated. Yes, there were some off-field issues there, but Khalil Sterling, to me, is going to be a guy that ends up at, like, an Oregon uh, who's now offered. Uh, He ends up at a Penn State. Uh, He ends up at a high-end school like that, and I think that Miami eventually will be in that conversation. Um, And and he blows up. I think that he has top 150 potential regardless of, of, of position, I think he's going to be a like twelve hundred yard receiver for Miami Central in the following you know season. I he already had like double digit touchdowns this year. I think he has a stupid seven on seven season, and I think it starts this weekend. I think he has some viral moments right where he's going to make an, an acrobatic catch. He's going to absolutely drop somebody on a short area route. He's that type of player to me, and I, I think that he is going to. He's one of those guys that just massive riser um, going forward. 
Yeah, for me, local kid, man, I, I think Bryce is really just going to show his versatility. Bryce Fitzgerald, I, I think he's really going to show on both sides of the ball just how great he is. I, I think he keeps getting better as a receiver. I, I think he shows a lot of great body control when, when the ball is in the air. And as a DB, he can play both safety, he can play corner. And I think they'll probably move him around a little bit. I think he's a guy who definitely kind of shows up big. And and I think based on his performance, I think he could be one of those guys who who ends up committing to Miami after the weekend uh, because he's very high on the Hurricanes. I think he's a guy who continues to uh, make, make a big splash this weekend at Battle Miami. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the website, canescounty.com, for free until spring. Use the promo code canes24. Also, subscribe to this podcast on all platforms. Also, of course, subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Until the next episode.